At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Tonight, I'm going to end the series I've been on for a little while concerning justice. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a lot of Scripture tonight just in ending this and talking about the word justice. I defined the last few weeks, I've defined the word justice as righteousness, correctness, fairness. Um, but you, you've got to have an understanding of how fair that God is. <laughs> what, we, what we have been given is fair, and it seems unfair. No matter what mistakes you've ever made in your life, what Jesus says is yours is yours no matter what. And that doesn't seem fair, but it's fair because it's, ju- it's, it's God's form of justice. We don't deserve a thing, but we get it all. Phew! Someone shout amen to that. Amen? Proverbs 21.3, we read this last Wednesday, I want to read it again, says, to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. The, 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 the message translation there says, defines sacrifices like religious duty, going through the motions of things. God wants you and I living our life doing right because it's right, <laughs> more than doing things to like kind of appease our conscience, you know, make us feel better about what we're doing. That, that, you know, well, I did enough of this, so surely God's happy with me. Not if you didn't do right. And we have to learn to do right and develop that righteousness, that justice, that correctness inside of us through His Word. You're not going to get correct and be right if you don't know Him by His Word. I'm going to say it again. You don't know God by His Word, you don't know God. I don't care what you've ever read, I don't care who you've talked to, I don't care how you were raised or how maybe you were raised in, in church and you went to Sunday school class and you, you got great ideas about God and all that kind of stuff, that will not save you, and it will not develop you. 1 Timothy 2 says, our Savior's greatest desire is that all people be saved and all people come to the knowledge of the truth. It's one thing to be saved, thank God for salvation, the initial salvation, but God wants your soul saved every, every single day. He wants it renewed every day. He wants you to come into the knowledge of the truth every day. So doing what's right and justice is more acceptable to God than just going through the motions of things, you know, to make yourself feel better. Doesn't please Him. 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust. He was the just, we're the unjust. He suffered for us, right? That 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 he that God might that Jesus might bring us to God the Father. That he would bring us to him. So you and I, through the blood of Jesus, we've been brought to God. God my Father is truly my Father because Jesus brought me to him. You realize he didn't you didn't choose him first, he chose you first. 
in spite of you, in spite of you and all your ugliness, he chose you first. And then he brought us to him and now he gave us the choice to choose him. He didn't desire that one would perish, but everybody come to the saving knowledge, but it's our choice. It's our choice. Can you say amen to that? He brought us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. He's alive. Glory to God, is He ever so alive. Man, He is alive. And I said this last week, and I want to read this, these two verses again, and then I want to read uh, a number of di- different scriptures in two different passages to kind of drive my point home tonight. But I made this, this problem I made this statement uh, last Wednesday. We don't have a sin problem. We have a mental problem with the sinner. It's not a sin problem. You say, you know, you got got all these people, they're just sinning. They're not sinning. They're doing whatever they want. People do what they want, and to them, what what sin is, is disobedience to God. It's not doing what's right, when, but, but you can't know, you, you can't be doing right if you don't know what right is, yeah. right? It's not a sin problem that we have, it's a mental problem with the sinner. And number, n- number two is, and I said this last week, and, and you have to, you've got you to dig deep to be able to receive this, we are not, if you're born again, you are not a sinner. That's right. I'm the righteousness of God. I know that. You're the righteousness of God if you're born again, and actually, you're the righteousness of God if you're not born again, you just don't know it yet. You've not experienced and received it yet. But I'm right with God because I'm born again and I know it, and that righteousness is causing me to become more right because I want to be. And that's what you got to dig deep to learn to receive. You don't receive that? Now, you'll always be trying to do right, and you'll screw up all your life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything is new. When did that start? That started the day you got born again. The day you received Jesus into your life, you got born a second time. Old things passed away, and behold, everything is brand new. But since the day I got born again 45 years ago, man, I've done some stupid things. Hmm? So the old thing passed away, everything brand new is today. This is 45 years later. Today, old things are passed away, everything's brand new. I'm forgiven, and I've got to receive that and allow the empowerment of that revelation of righteousness to rule my life. I don't, you're always going to try to be doing right, and you're not going to make it, you're going to fail at it, and you're going to walk condemned all your life. That's the absolute truth. We have, to, we have to break out of that. That's why we've been talking about this in the last few weeks. Verse 21 says, <clears throat> For he made him who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. If you're born again today, just a reminder as we get into these next few passages, but just a a reminder again today, if you're born again today, you are right with God. 
Nothing else you can do to be right. Spiritually, you're right with God. But here he said that we might become the righteousness of God. And he's talking about in your soul. Salvation of your spirit, man, is one thing. Salvation of your soul is every day. Your mind being renewed on a day-to-day-to-day basis and you becoming more right. Why? Because your thinking is changing. When your thinking changes, when your thinking is changing on a day-to-day basis, you are becoming more right in your life soulishly because you believe it. You can't do anything else for righteousness spiritually. It's because of what he did. You didn't deserve it. None of us in the house did. But he said it's ours, and he said we're right with him because of what he did. Right? And the more I believe that and the more I change my way of thinking, the more I learn to think like he thinks and operate the way he operates, then I begin to implement that righteousness and I begin to walk it out. And now what I'm doing is I'm enforcing that righteousness on a day-to-day basis. Now people look at me and you need to believe for yourself that people need to be able to look at you and say, oh, that's what's right with God. Because they see it in you. How are people going to know what's right in God if they don't see other people living that way? Is it right to no matter what somebody does to you to always lash out and, and, and be justified in yourself and you know what, they did me wrong so I can, I can, you know, I don't have to turn the other cheek, I can slap the other cheek. No? But you got to believe that. So you have, to, you have to develop that and learn what that really means. How many knows that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, but per person's mind, especially if they're hurting, in, say, in the financial realm, they're looking to receive to, to meet the need. But it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, but that's what he said. You've got to learn what that means and how to operate in that. See, God's way of thinking is like night and day with the world's way of thinking. That's why you need the Word, and that's why what I'm fixing to share with you in these two passages I'm, I'm going to read through You need to hear it, and you need the Holy Spirit to take what I'm going to share with you right here and make it real to you every day of your life. What I'm going to share with you in these two passages I'm going to read out of, I spend time in these two passages all the time. I'm becoming, in my thinking, more like God than I've ever been in my life because I spend time in that. And you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. You can hear it from me, and that's where it starts. That's what the Bible says. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. How how can you hear unless you have a preacher? The Bible actually says you've got to have somebody to preach it to you. You know why? Because you need to take the time to get here, show up, and sit here for a little while and listen to something, and then take what you hear and go do something with it. Study it and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. Because this is real stuff here. What I'm talking about tonight, it's, it's, it's the, the gold of God. Renewing your mind to think like God is, is the gold nuggets of God. You don't understand this, you won't understand anything. So, First passage, Romans 10. 
starting with verse 1, and I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. Everybody say tonight, I'm free. I am free. Ooh, glory. Come on, say it again. I'm free. I'm free. I am free. I am free to think like God. I'm not free to think like me. I'm free to think like God. You can overindulge. Hmm? You can overindulge with God's word. There's things in the food groups that if you overindulge, you don't do real well in your body. But I'm telling you, you can overindulge in God's Word. You can't get enough of it. Hmm? You can't. Right. I'm telling you, you can't get enough of it. And it won't hurt you. And it won't, and it won't make you fat. Amen? Verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm, just get the picture here. Paul's writing this letter to the church at Rome, okay? And there's a, there's a, a desire, and, and so I'm going to say it like this. It'd be like me, if I was writing this and I'm saying it to you, hey, Man, my heart is, is for Kerrville to be saved, let's just say, okay? Kind of like what, what, how he would be saying this. He said, and I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but, it is, but it's misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself, Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law, trying to keep the religious traditions, the duties, like the verse that I had read to you out of Proverbs 21.3 where it said, to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable than to go through religious duties and actions and trying to be good enough, that kind of thing. That, that's what Paul's saying here. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying you know, if I can just do everything right for a week, then maybe God will accept me. That's the wrong motive. We want to do right for righteousness' sake. Right? And this is how, you, and you think, okay, well, how do I get there? Well, he tells us right here, right here. I said, this is the gold nuggets of God in this passage right here. I'm reading 11 verses right here to you. Okay? And right here is where the truth is. He said, he said, for they don't understand God's way of making people right with Himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in Him are made right with Him. You believe in Him, then you're right with Him. You're the righteousness of God. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But we know that's impossible. That's why they sacrificed all kinds of goats and, you know, heifers and chickens and whatever else that they sacrificed. Well, there doesn't need to be any more sacrifice of animals. No more. 
The blood of Jesus settled it one time for all people. Can you say amen to that? Glory to God. He said, but faith's way of getting right with God says this. Don't say in your heart, who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to the earth? And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead, to the abyss, to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen? Amen. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith, in other words, with your mouth, that you're saved. As the Scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in Him will never be disgraced. Never. So, back up to where he was talking about Moses. So he says, for Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all its commands, and we know that doesn't work. So you know what? If we know that that's right, then you got to quit just trying to do everything right. And you say, well, well Pastor, then, then we can just do everything wrong? No, I didn't say that. But trying to do everything right, how you think it's right, you don't have the power and ability to do right. The power and ability to do what's right that he's talking about is in the Word of God. It's in the seed of the Word. And so, he says here, he says in this passage, faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart, who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to the earth. I mean, there, there are maybe people don't actually say it this way, but this is the way they think. I mean, oh my gosh, things are so bad, we need Christ to come back to the, to the cross. No, no, we don't. No, no, no. People are looking for Him to do something He's already done. He's not going back to the cross. He's not coming up from the grave again, not doing that. Oh, but if he, you know, if Christ needs to do this, he needs to work all this stuff. No, 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 no. He's already done it all. So what's the answer? And what what are we talking about? How to be right with God. It's one thing to be saved, but it's another thing to come to the knowledge of the truth. And how do you come to the knowledge of the truth? It says it right here. He said, don't say those things about bringing Christ up from the dead. In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It's on your lips, and it's in your heart. So it's in your mouth, and it's in your heart. And he said, and he said, and that message is the very message about faith that is preached. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. So here's the process. And You can't hear this enough. I don't care if you think you know this. You can't hear it enough. I'm hearing myself say it right now to preach it to you as I'm preaching it to you, and I'm getting something as a result of me preaching it right now. You can't hear this enough. Here's the process. The Word is preached. You're hearing me declare the Word of God in the seed of the Word that is going into you right now, 
is the power and ability to live a right life. But then it takes your mouth, he said, and your heart to believe it. So you've got to take the word you hear preached, you've got to begin to process that and put that in your mouth, coming out of your mouth, in your ears, getting down in your heart. You've got to spend time meditating on that and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you so that you can become a doer of that word. You're not going to do word that you just hear and you do nothing with, right? Doing is doing. You've got to do something with it. But first and foremost, he said, it's the word that's in your mouth. So, you're not going to do any good crying out to God, trying to get God to go, you know, Jesus to go back to the cross or do something to save you from some kind of mess in your life. He's already saved you. He's already delivered you. He's already healed you. He's already set you free. But when we don't know that, we don't know how to receive it. And the only way you're going to learn to receive it is to put that word in your mouth that you're hearing preached. It, it, it's, a, it's literally a five-step process that I've lived by and learned to live by for 45 years. It's developed. I didn't know it 45 years ago, but I develop, I've, I'm developing in it, and I'm still developing in it. But it's hearing the Word, number one. It's confessing the Word that I'm hearing, developing like we talk around here, a daily routine of the Word of God. It's the meditation of the Word Allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal it to me, learning how to pray that word, and then learning how to do the word. Amen. That process, he said right here, will liberate your life because that, that last verse that I read to you, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we know that as an, kind of the Romans road, the initial salvation, but it's a salvation every day of, uh, of your life. You say with your mouth as a result of believing in your heart, but you're never going to believe in your heart if you don't say with your mouth. Confession of the Word of God isn't to change my circumstances per se today, but confession of the Word of God is to change the way I think so that when something comes against my life, I can receive what His Word says because I know it. It's a part of me. Did you hear me tonight? This is vital. These are the gold nuggets of God because it takes you to new levels and heights in your life that you've never been to before. God wants your life free. He wants you free so you can help other people be free. Everybody say, I'm free. That's where it starts, by you declaring. Does the Bible say you're free? Does the Bible say you're free? It does? Yeah? Does the Bible say you're free? Okay then you need to be declaring, I'm free, in so many different ways. But nothing wrong with just saying every day, I'm free. Because the more free you are, the more free other people come, become. Isn't it, isn't, it, isn't it just absolutely amazing the way that you can hear God about just little things? I, I was at an automotive detail place this morning, and, you know, the challenge I've given you about handing people cards, about getting them in church, you know, or, or just, just, you know, creating connections with people. But, but 
I was in an automotive detail place today, and, and uh, two guys that cleaned my car, um, I, I, you know, th- this, is the way, this is kind of the way I do it with people, just in talking to people, you know. I said, hey, hey I want to give you this card. I don't know if you do church life or you think church people are nuts or whatever, you know. I mean, you, you just kind of say things that you think people would receive. You know, maybe church people are nuts or whatever. And, and, I, and so, but I, I'm giving you this card and, and uh, I'd like you to go. You know what the guy said? He said, I just moved here a while back and I'm looking for a church. I'll be there Sunday. Well, maybe you'll come, maybe you won't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but, but I got to share with him and I said, what's your name? He goes, Isaiah. I said, get out. I said, your mama knew what to name you. He said, that's right. So I was able to share with him a couple things about the prophet Isaiah. And he, he like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And I gave it to the guy standing there listening to the whole thing. I gave him one. He goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think the other guy needed it worse. People just need to know that people believe. Do you hear me? People just need to know people believe in something. I'm telling you, the God of the Bible is the only God, and everything He says is true, and He knows everything about everything, and when someone meets somebody that believes in that God, it does something to their life. You know, just sticking a card in someone's hand when you're inviting them like that. You're not just putting a card in their hand. You, you, you know, the cards I have, well, not the ones I had today because I had to borrow them from my daughter because I ran out of mine, but I pray over my cards. Can you do that? Can you pray that something supernatural happened to their lives and, and something, you know, and, and, you know, that card could sit there for six months or a year. And then one day, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go there. That's all that matters. Because the reason we invite people, not just to get people inside the building, but, but they need to be connected to the Word. The Word. If you continue in my word, then you're my disciples. You know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Say, I'm free. free. You continue in this, you're free. I just encourage you, not just for people out there, but for you, to keep grabbing cards and put them in people's hands. Just keep doing it all year long, all the rest of the year. Man, I've had some amazing times ministering to people. I don't know, I'm upwards, I ran them again, I'm probably upwards of over 20, 25 people that I've, close to, probably not 25, but close to it, that I've put cards in people's hands, just right here in this city. And uh, people are being free. People are becoming free. Everywhere we look. I don't care what it looks like in the world and the system. The system can do whatever it wants to do. But what I say is going to happen is happening. You understand? What you say is going to happen, what the church is saying, that's what's going to happen. That's why we've got to know what God wants us to say. It's not what I say 
selfishly in my opinion. I'm talking about what I speak from the Word of God. That's all that matters. Can you say amen to that? I want to read this last passage to you. Romans 8 and verse 29. We read some of this last week, but I want to read all the way to the end of the chapter from verse 29 on. For he knew all about us before we were born. Gosh, I'd love to read that. The Father knew all about you and me before we were even born. Before I was born, before we even thought about, before before the, the Bible says, before the creation of the world, before Adam and Eve, God knew us. How is that so? I don't know, but it's so because I believe his word. He knew you. If he knew you before you were even thought about, then can he not take care of anything that happens in your life if you let him? And the only way that he can operate in your life is if you think like him and operate like him. For he knew us, he knew all, for he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. Mm. This means the Son is the oldest. I'm reading this also. I'm reading this out of the Passion Translation. So if you're trying to follow along, if you're on a on a device that has more than one translation, I'm in the Passion, or you've got it on the screen. Yeah. <clears throat> this means the Son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Who the heck is he talking about? No, no, no. I'm asking you, who's he talking about? That's right. But see, it's got to be a me thing. He's got to be talking about me before I can help anybody else. It's got to be, I'm like him I'm becoming more like him every day so that I can help other people because I I don't really have a whole lot to help anybody with apart from him. I can't do anything without him, but with him I can do all things. Man, you go from not being really able to do a whole lot to doing, you can do anything. Man, that's what I'm saying. We're talking about fairness in the kingdom. Well, Pastor, you can't play for the Spurs. Well, if he wanted me to. Yeah. yeah. I could feed him water or something. I could play a little bit of pickup with maybe the shortest guy. <laughs> no. But he wouldn't want you to do that. He wouldn't want me to play for the Spurs. You, you understand? You, you, you can't do all things. You can do everything he says you can do. So we got to know him. We got to think like him. We got to hear the word and think like him and meditate on what he's saying. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, mm, 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 mm. you got to meditate on that one for a while. Those seven words. Having determined your destiny ahead of time. Mm, 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 mm. So, what does that mean? So, he's got your destiny. And you got to connect with it. That's right. 
and you'll never connect with His destiny for you if you don't think like Him and operate like He does. There's a whole lot to that, but we're not going there. He called us to Himself and transferred His perfect righteousness, His perfect righteousness, to everyone He called. Ooh, let's read that again. He called us to Himself and transferred His perfect righteousness to everybody He called. He called you before you said anything about Him. And His perfect righteousness He established you for. You've been, you were created to be right. You were created to be just like Him. He set it up. I've, said, I've preached whole messages on this, but, but like in, before the foundation of the world, before Adam and Eve, there, there was the three. There was the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. They had a board meeting and decided what you were going to do. And in that board meeting, they decided that the Word would become the Son, and so the Savior of the world was already there and in position before Adam and Eve gave it up. <laughs> you talking about you can't lose for winning. Because we already won. Man. And those who possess His perfect righteousness, oh, He co-glorified with His Son. <laughs> You'll just have to spend some time on that one. <laughs> so, because see, that doesn't seem right, that doesn't seem fair. But we're not talking about fair with people's mind, we're talking about fair with God. He said He co-glorified you with His Son. He co-glorified you with His Son. He made you right with His righteousness, just like His Son, and He co-glorified you with His Son. Mm -hmm. So what does all this mean? Mm, glad you asked. If God is determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? What's the answer to that question? Not if he's standing, but see, you have to believe he's standing. I keep, I keep going back and forth with that, but, but it doesn't, he is for you, but that won't work for you if you don't believe it. So he says, for God has proved His love by giving us His greatest treasure, the gift of His Son. And since God freely offered Him up as the sacrifice for us all, He certainly won't withhold from us anything else He has to give. So God isn't withholding. Let me ask you this question tonight. What do you need? He just said He's not withholding. If, 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 Dale, if Dale needed $100,000, and this was a stack of $100 bills that totaled $100,000, okay, and he needed it, 
And he really needed it for a specific reason. And I'm representing God, and I'm coming to him, and I'm saying to Dale, Dale, and, and actually, let's just say this was like a promissory note for that money. He said, Dale, he, here, th- this is the $100,000 from God. You just got to take it down to the bank and cash it. Okay? It's yours, Dale. No, no, no. But you're not supposed to receive it. I'm trying to make, no, you're, I, you're, I'm trying to make my point so you're not going to receive it, okay? So, so you're not going to raise your hand. You, no, you're, you're not going to. So, so I'm holding it here, but you're not receiving it. So this note can't do anything for you. That's, right. that, that's my point. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't explain that. I didn't give him a heads up. We didn't have a meeting before this. So. <laughs> um, but, but, but here's the thing. It's here, but he has to believe he can receive that. It, it's, not, it's not so much, I mean, how many in here believe that God will do anything he said he'll do? Right? right? I mean, he, he will. I mean, and, and if, yes, most people that, eh, God will, yeah, he'll do it. But will he do it for you? See, and, and, and she just said he will, so, but you have to receive that. And it starts with reminding yourself every day he will. Mm-hmm. Reminding yourself every day, I'm free. And you may feel like you're in a, like literally behind bars because of things that are going on in your life. It starts by what you say. He's not coming back down. He's not coming back up. Nothing else that he's going to do. He's already done it all. So where is it now? It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. And if it's not coming out of your mouth, then you're not changing up here. And then there's your $100,000, but you won't receive it. It's there, but you don't receive it. Well, but, you know, I'm kind of, I don't know if I should. Or, you know, I, I mean, maybe it'll come some other way. And, you know, oh, no, here it is. God's given it to you. But now you have to learn how to receive it. And that's, that's what he's saying right here. He said, um, and since God freely offered up as the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else that he has to give. So he's not withholding. The issue is we're not receiving. He's there, but we're not receiving it. He says, just listen to the rest of this. Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be His? God Himself is the judge who has issued His final verdict over them. What is it? Not guilty. You and I are not guilty. We are free. We are righteous. We have right to everything that the kingdom of God says we have a right to. Everything the Word says is ours is ours. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm set free. No matter what. But it doesn't just work like a magic trick, you know, like some magic show. It has to be a belief system that's built. Where does it start? In your mouth and in your heart. That's where it starts. You hear the Word preached? You take what you're hearing preached and you learn to make declarations out of your mouth about what the Word says because you need to be hearing it for yourself. Because at the end of the day, I can tell you all day that you're free. 
I can tell you all day that the Word says that you're healed. I can lay hands on you and pray for you, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what matters is what you believe. God set it up that way. He's always set it up that way. It's always been that way. In the documented healings, the 21 documented healings in in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, individual ones, of, uh, of the healings in Jesus' ministry, 16 of those, he said, your faith has made you whole in one form or another. 16 of those documented 21 healings. There were thousands of healings in Jesus' ministry, but we have 21 documented healings in the gospel. That more that are, that there's more than 21, but they're repeated they're in, from the different gospels and the different writers of the gospels. But in those 21, 16 of those, your faith has made you whole. You and I have to have a developed faith to live whole. There's also the manifestations of the Spirit, the gifts of healings, the gift of faith in operation, the the working of miracles in operation, those manifestations in operation, they work as the Lord wills them, not as you and I try to work them. It says He wills those. But what God really wants is for His people to rise up and have faith and believe in the Word of God. And this is how it happens. What I'm sharing with you tonight are the gold nuggets of God. Because when you believe, then God gets His way in the earth. A person that is righteous and they know it, they're not afraid. didn't say fear didn't come, but they don't accept fear because they know fear has no right in their world and, and, you know, in their wheelhouse whatsoever. We live free from fear, and we live in faith in God, believing in what He has done, and we can overcome anything in life if we allow the process to continue. You continue in my word. You're my disciples indeed. You know the truth, and the truth that you know and is continuing to be developed will set you free. Done. Can you say amen? Not guilty, he said. I'm gonna, I'll finish these last few verses. Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one. For he gave his life for us, and even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? So every time you screw up, and you're under condemnation in your life. It's not from God. He forgave you before you messed up. And the more you realize that and you embrace that righteousness, it empowers you through the Word of God to do what's right. Ah, I'm just a screw-up all the time. I just All my life, I've just this and that, and I've just messed up and all the time. And blah, 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 blah. You don't have to live that way. The devil's trying to convince you you'll never get out of that. I can tell you today, through the seed of the Word, it will empower you to make right choices in your life. That's fair in the kingdom of God. Well, Pastor, that doesn't seem like that's fair. It's not in the world. But in God's kingdom, that's the way it works. So how could He possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph. Who could ever divorce us 
from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, dangers, deaths, threats, death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Even though it is written, all day long we face death threats for your sake, God, we are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet, even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over all, over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors, and His demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Everybody say everything. everything. Amen. So now, I live with the confidence. This is what Paul says in the ending of this, of this chapter right here. He said, so now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that His love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken His love. There is no power above us or beneath us. No power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. Nothing. Nothing can keep us from accomplishing what we've been put here for. Not trials not mistakes, not sins, not this, not that. I don't care what it is. Nothing can separate you from what God did for you. Nothing. And so, what does that do? That empowers us to receive everything that we need. How many times in the Scriptures just that we read did He talk about everything that He has given us? Time and time and time again, we just read, He's given us all of these things. What do you want in life? What do you need in life? What, 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 what are you looking for to see accomplished in life? He's already done that for you. You have to learn to receive it from Him His way. Where does it start? By what you hear, like you're hearing the Word tonight, and taking the Word you're hearing, allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you, putting it in your mouth, letting it come out of your mouth, getting, going into your ears and down into your heart. And that process is what changes and delivers a human being, and, and establishes them in the righteousness and the justice that we're talking about. It's not fair in the world's eyes, but it's fair in God's eyes and His kingdom and the way He thinks. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.